Friday from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Underway for a Monday. Back at it for another week. Can I just say, I, I love my new place, my new house. I love the area that we live in, being out, you know. In Nampa? Nampa, kind of in the uh, middle of nowhere, just a little bit off the lake and everything. Uh, I cannot stand the uh, windy conditions we've had this spring mm. so far. So we yeah. spent a few hours uh, forking and raking our tumbleweeds. There are about probably between three and 500 of them that had lodged up against our fence. I thought you were going to say we spent hours uh, raking the neighbor's trash out of our yard. Uh, No, uh, we didn't have trash. It was, well, I consider tumbleweeds trash. I suppose so. So we just did that, and then I get into work this morning and find we have a wind advisory that'll be in effect from 3 p.m. this afternoon till 6 (sighs) tomorrow evening for wind gusts up to 55 miles per hour once again. It is a good thing that you had so much practice getting rid of tumbleweeds. No, I'm done with it. Done and over it. That ain't never happening again. You're just going to have a stockpile from here on out? Yeah, or I'll wait for our lawn people to do it. That was. I still have stickers that I can't get out. Some of the, because uh, there's like, there's probably five or six different types of tumbleweeds mm-hmm. that we had in our yard. We have the big, you know, car size ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the little irritating that have like these little stickers Mm, yeah, uh, in them that aren't fun, and I did not have so, work gloves. I was going to say that's why they invented work gloves. Yeah, I didn't, and I wasn't going to go drive into Nampa just to get work gloves to, to do that yesterday. Can I, but can I tell you something? It would have been worth the drive. Eh, I don't know about that or not. Uh, by then, my wife would have been done. She might not have been happy about it. Um, at least, anyway, at least that's your an hands wouldn't have scratches all over this. The, I, I don't mind scratches. <laughs> I have scratches all over my legs too. Oh, wow. I was wearing shorts. I was stupid. Um, but the wind advisory, once again, will be happening this afternoon. Um, you had heard in the weather forecast from KBOI Channel 2, um, there is rain that is falling. Um, in some areas here in the Treasure Valley, you are seeing snow, snow flurries, just like we did yesterday. Um, but it should be warm enough today. I mean, right now it's 36 here in downtown Boise, so we're probably not getting snow um, through most of the Treasure Valley, but uh, some of the upper, upper areas can uh, get it. And they are expecting uh, another Five to fifteen inches of snow in the Ooh, mountains this week. Serious, yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, that's good for actually the, that's really good news good for the water supply. It's really good news too that um, we we are fairly cool. Remember, it was this time last year we uh, started to be in the seventies and eighties already. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning it was twenty eight degrees, so it's still freezing <laughs> overnight. Which uh, at this time last year we we weren't seeing that weather. So that I know I know people want spring to be here, and and you got Thursday and Friday last week where it was in the seventies, and like oh it's going to be start to be nice. This is this is good news because of the amount of snow we have in the mountains this year. I mean we're still suffering the possibility of seeing a second year of drought. Um, because we don't even have as much snow in the mountains this year as we did last year. I think Mother Nature is uh, worried she might spoil us, so she goes, you know, bends over backward not to. Well, and that's good news for you know farmers, for those of us who like to water our lawns, um, because there's a real possibility of a second year of drought. Um, if we get the People same have- thing that happened last year, where it heated up in April and May into the 90s, 
um, that water melts before it gets to the reservoirs, which we don't want to do. But right now, the good news is it's continuing to snow in the mountains, and it's not melting very fast, which I've is already, really good. I've already heard talk of rationing water. Yeah, yeah, because right now we don't have we're we're under normal snowpack. Mm-hmm. So you know we had norm, normal snowpack for the state last year. It just all melted before it got. I mean, it all evaporated after it melted in the mountains before it got to the reservoirs, which caused our drought last year. This year we don't have as much snow as we normally do. So there's it, it, they're they're thinking, hey, if we get warm temperatures like last spring, it's going to be even worse this year than it was last year. So they're they're just taking advantage. Last year they didn't think they had to prepare for a drought because they had normal snowpack or above normal snowpack but they, I, we ended up having a drought i just hope this summer isn't one of those where you go down to the uh, marina and your boat is just kind of sitting in the mud yeah well hopefully if everybody you know is is careful early this year that you know the it, it can last a, a normal year and if we continue to get 10 to 15 inches of snow in the mountains like is expected this week um you know into the spring you know that that could be really good news so keep your fingers crossed um we are one week away I hate to bring this up, but unfortunately we need to. We are one week away from uh, taxes being due for those of you who have not filed next Monday your taxes or um, filed an extension and paid however much you are expected to owe. You can't just file an extension. You still Mm -hmm. have to pay either, uh, what is it, Um, I think it's 80% of what you paid the year before or everything that you are going to owe this year. Or no, it's 80% of what you're expected to owe this year or what you paid last year, whichever yeah. is higher. That's what it is. Because we've, we've had to do this in the past. Uh, anyway, Monday, because of uh, the 15th being a uh, holiday, federal holiday in Washington, D.C., they have extended um, the due date until the 18th this year. Um, but just want to remind you once again, the Idaho Tax Commission, um, last year, 900,000 returns that were processed here in the state of Idaho by the tax commission, um, 625,000 of those could have filed absolutely free, but they didn't. Well, so if you are filing taxes and haven't done so yet, um, those of you who have adjusted gross income of $73,000 a year uh, or less are eligible to file your e-taxes absolutely free. So it doesn't cost you Mm -hmm. anything to do that. Um, so I just want to remind you final week. I know a lot of people put this off. You've probably already filed, right? No. Oh, okay. So all of us in here have put this off because <laughs> we, yeah, we haven't, you know, we haven't filed yet either. Most years I file, uh, electronically about six o'clock on tax day. Okay. So you can still take advantage of this. Um, for information, uh, if you can find out if you can file for free, like I said, it's $73,000 in adjusted gross income, not your actual income, adjusted gross income or less. Um, you can uh, ask the tax commission by calling them up. Here's the number, 208-334-7660. You can also check it out at uh, tax.idaho.gov. And once again, the deadline is next Monday to file your uh, only, state and federal tax. Only two sixes in a row in that number. I would yeah. have expected three. <laughs> there probably should be. Probably should be three. Um, phone lines are open. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. This is uh, kind of LePeep week 
once again. Um, we have Lapeep gift certificates, $50 gift certificates we're giving away for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Uh, Lapeep is our sweet deal of the week. This Friday, half price Lapeep gift certificates, 50 bucks, going to cost you $25 uh, once again. And if that wasn't enough, we are headed out for the Casper and Chris hometown breakfast at Lapeep and Meridian this coming Friday for breakfast. I think it's our 60th one, isn't it? Is it? No, I'm just making that up. <laughs> Stop it. By the way, huge thank you um, to Big City Coffee. That that was one of the most fun, more funner than uh, any of the other. Most funnest, even. Most funnest. Yeah, get all those in there so we get the uh, emails from teachers. Um, we had a great time. They took such fantastic care of us. The place was packed. Did you oh, notice packed. when we left? There was 30 or 40 people sitting out on the patio. Yeah. It was warm enough that morning and, they were eating breakfast on the patio. And there were another 20 or so waiting in line to order. Yeah. Um, we had a great time. They took great care. And if you were there with us, you know why. Because the food was absolutely spectacular. Even Bob Beeler, who was with us and came by and talked Boise State football, said those are the best potatoes he's yeah. ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. Those were his exact words. Yeah. So if you go there, uh, it's not hyperbole. Get the potatoes. There's. I almost bought a double order just to take home. <laughs> Instead, I got pastries, which was just fine. Man, those are good potatoes. La Peep, this Friday, beginning at 6 o'clock. It's a hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. I, I feel like you're you know, asking Colonel Sanders or Dr. Pepper, please give us your recipe. Yeah, they wouldn't. And, and they won't. try. I begged. They won't do it. 6.15, let's get our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday, uh, open at 10.30 every single morning. The best food, you don't believe me? Rated number one deli in the state of Idaho. Get in today and find out why. Well, if you came out to the spring football game on Saturday, you're probably still a little windblown from having been out there. I uh, got downright cold for a little while. But the Boise State defense was doing pretty good, and they dominated the spring game, winning 42-28. to J.L. Skinner, Shale Oladipo, and Jalen Clark had interceptions, and the defense had three sacks, nine pass deflections, and forced five three-and-outs. Coach Avalos was pleased with their effort. You know what, on defense uh, tackling, we didn't tackle very well in the second scrimmage for a few different reasons, and we were able to clean that up and do a much better job today tackling. It was clean. We had much better body control. Uh, very few missed tackles today. The offense's best moment included a 25-yard TD pass from Hank Bachmeyer to Steph Cobbs and a 52-yard field goal by Jonah Dalmas. Bob Beeler, Newstalk, KBOI. And I'll throw this at you. As Paul Jay pointed out during the pregame on Saturday, defense usually looks a lot better than the offense during the spring game. It's because the defense doesn't have to worry about timing as much as offensive players do, so defense usually comes out ahead. That was certainly the case on Saturday afternoon with the defense sitting down to eat their steak dinner. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It is 6.23. Dow Futures down 135 points at this time uh, time of the morning. The uh, Standard & Poor, NASDAQ all down uh, last week. uh, Ended a three-week win streak. It it was going good for a while. Um, How come when we're in the middle of a win streak, 
with the stock market, it still feels like we're losing somehow. I don't know. Probably because we're we're still not back as high as uh, we were at one point. Uh, we were almost there at forty thousand mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, now thirty four four seventy three right now uh, to start the day this morning. We'll get an update with Jeremiah Bates about your money uh, to talk about what's what's going on. What ended that streak? Uh, I think you know we can probably guess because we talked a lot about it last week. Um, even though there there was some good news in the jobs report that came out on Thursday. Uh, there's still uh, talk of inflation and probably not transitory as Joe Biden had promised just a couple of months ago saying, oh, yeah, this will go away quickly. Um, that that ain't happening. Part of that, uh, the reason Ukraine, of course, you know, fuel prices go up, which causes everything to go up because everything, almost everything that you get in a grocery store has to be trucked in from mm-hmm. someplace. This is true. Yeah. So that's that's going to add uh, somewhat to it uh gas prices still like you know we're releasing a million barrels a day from our emergency reserves and we haven't seen uh i think what i say friday one cent drop in gas prices here locally that on the on the place this is where i usually fill up I, and i pass three or four different gas stations on the way so I, i'm not saying what the average price here is in the treasure valley just i try to find the lowest prices that sure. i can that's where i fill up well, on your week on your route yeah, yeah. Um, eighty-two dollars is what it took the last time. That's the most I have ever put in my car in my life. And granted, it was on fumes by the time I. But mm-hmm. still, eighty-two dollars is. Uh, I don't have a. We weren't big vehicle. I don't have an SUV that's doing. Yeah, that. we we weren't on empty. But uh, last week, well, and and this is what's good. It was the first time we had had to fill up in five weeks because we have a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, but when we did, it was seventy-seven dollars. And for those uh, of you who have uh, big pickup trucks or SUVs that. Don't get great gas mileage, and you have 25-gallon uh, tanks, 20 to 25-gallon tanks. I, I feel you. I take uh, Ubers, you know, a lot. And uh, last week I rode with a guy who uh, was driving an all-electric Tesla, and he was probably the uh, cheeriest or or the, the, the most <laughs> chipper Uber driver I've uh, talked to in the last few months simply because i think he's the only one making money he doesn't have to pay uh, gas yeah, he doesn't have to stop for gas if you day. notice uber and lyft have started uh charging uh gas surcharges mm-hmm. now which probably you'll start to see that in a lot what's, of places what's funny though is it's like 35 cents a ride or something like that yeah. it's, it's not even close to what it would actually cost to uh, make up for the amount they're losing what'll uh, be interesting to see because the last time gas prices were up close to four dollars a gallon a few years ago um, I remember there were a lot of places that started charging uh, gas surcharges. Uh, lawn maintenance companies, for instance, mm-hmm. um, if you you know they tried started charging a twenty five dollar a month maintenance or a surcharge for fuel, just because instead of raising the rates, they just said we'll just charge you a surcharge. You're probably going to see that on some of those. Some of the people that use a lot of gasoline, um, you know, when it comes to doing their work, will who have already given you. Maybe a um, uh, an estimate will probably say now we're going to have to charge you a surcharge instead of ripping up the estimate and, right. and going from the beginning. But just because prices are where they are, our phone lines are open this morning two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can always get through also at Chris at kboi dot com and Mike at kboi dot com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.33, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Our phone lines, once again, are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. 
once again, uh, coming up this Friday morning, La Peep will be our sweet deal of the week. R&R Barbecue went really fast. As promised, La Peep will go fast also because it's fantastic food. One of the highlights of La Peep, they have a whole bunch of different flavors <laughs> of uh, mimosas once again. We, we were checking the, uh, uh, the certificates last week, uh, how many were available. It's like... Well, it looks like we still have 200. Nope, that's down to 60. Ooh, no, there are four left. No, they're done. They're done. They're done. It was like that. It was See that ya. fast. See ya. Uh, so just whenever we do these sweet deals, I mean, we do great places, um, you know, especially with the food places. Um, we're going to be there broadcasting live coming up Friday morning from 6 until 10 o'clock. Casper and Chris, Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. But then at 9 o'clock, everybody who wants to get in on that deal will, as long as you get there early enough and take advantage of that. But once again, that is coming up here uh, this coming Friday morning at KBOI.com. Reminder, uh, the uh, football scrimmage, final football scrimmage of the year for the Boise State Bronco football team happened on Saturday. Their final practice of spring will happen today, and then they're done uh, until they get officially back. Now, they'll have workouts throughout the summer, but um, coaches are not allowed to participate in that. Those are you know player-led practices throughout the summer and training mm-hmm. sessions. Um, but Bob Beeler will be with us this morning. We talked to him Friday about what coaches were going to be looking at and what expectations were on, on the uh, scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, today, we'll find out what he saw in that scrimmage, and you heard all the action here on KBOI as uh, we are the voice of the Broncos. So Bob will be with us coming up here at about 835 to talk about uh, Bronco football as we get ready to put things to bed for a, a few months. Fall can't happen quick enough. Of course, we get underway. It's uh, October, uh, September 3rd, I think is the date, mm-hmm. September 3rd, that we uh, play Oregon State. It, it was good to see Saturday, too, that no matter what the record is, and, and last year was not Boise State's best year, obviously, but no matter the record, people are very enthusiastic about the upcoming uh, you know, season. Hope. Springs Eternal. That's it. Just like I had high hopes that the Seattle Mariners were, they were on pace to win 162 games until yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they got blown out yesterday. So now they're on pace to win the uh, 161 games. I, I root for the Nationals, of course. And uh, let's see. Have they uh, won yet? Uh, yeah, they, they, they're one and three. Oh, okay. So they won yesterday. <laughs> KVOI News Time, 636. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through this morning, uh, please feel free to take part in the uh, show. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com if you want to get through. Uh, we were just talking about uh, gas prices uh, being high. Um, part of that reason is, uh, you know, oil companies. Yeah, we figured it was either the prices or the people setting them. Some people uh, feel it's the uh, Biden administration, some of them cutting back on uh, leases and things like that. Um, executives of uh, major oil companies were in front of Congress last week, and uh, they were asked to reduce shareholder returns to bunt pain at the pump and six energy corporations, Chevron, BP America, Devon Energy, ExxonMobil, Pioneer Natural Resources, and Shell USA. Um, there was alleged price gouging going on by those companies. Um, and they, of course, said, obviously, says we are not price gouging. We do have record profits from paying dividends and stock buyback. Um, 
and they were asked, will you cut back your dividends and stock buybacks? That was uh, House Energy and Commerce Committee Chairman Frank Pallone who uh, asked that. And uh, the companies, a few of them said, no, can't commit to buybacks and dividends and reducing those. Devon Energy CEO Richard Moncrief and Pioneer Natural Resources CEO Scott Sheffield bluntly stated that there is no way that they're going to be cutting back um, their dividends and buybacks. They said that they would look at increasing oil production. Shell USA President Gretchen Watkins said her company planned to make investor returns while also increasing production and investments in renewable energy. So uh, basically all of them said that they're not cutting back their dividends, which I totally do understand because they don't have, the companies don't have a fiduciary responsibility to the federal government. They don't even have a fiduciary responsibility to people who are buying their gasoline. Their responsibility is to their shareholders, and they can lose their jobs if they don't, you know, keep up with that fiduciary responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, many of the executives also highlighted their industry's record losses. That's the thing that people forget, that during 2020, at one point, oil market prices went negative. Companies lost billions and billions of dollars. They had record losses that year even though they're making record profits in 2021 and this year, that they're just trying to make up for those record losses that they had back in 2020. Um, Representative Ann McLean Custer, a New Hampshire Democrat, said one bad year does not excuse the practice of ripping off American consumers. Look, well, I don't, that, I don't like true, high, yeah. high gas prices either, but I, I don't. if you have proof that they're ripping off consumers take them to court because well, yeah. that is against the law that that would be nice but um making actually the attorney generals of several states could do that yeah making sure that they have dividends and keep in mind this is for me and i know chris doesn't like it nobody likes high gas price. i don't i did not like putting in 82 dollars worth of gas in into my car the only thing i like about it is when you do stop for gas it's considerably less crowded that is true However, I loved when I was only paying, you know, filling my gasoline tank up back in when, you know, once again, when there were record losses. Um, and I only put $30, $29. I think the least I've put in is $29 when I filled up one time. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, I love that. But that was back, you know, once again, when there were record losses and people who owned shares were losing money and not getting paid dividends. So I, I kind of get that. However, I, I do like Shell saying, no, we're going to continue to pay dividends, but we are going to increase output at the same time you can mm-hmm. do both and how about the american consumer i was surprised you know uh, the uh, the president said that there were nine thousand approved uh, applications for drilling permits that were out there that had been approved that haven't been used yet and we talked and i looked it up it's actually nine thousand one hundred and seventy three but not all of them are in a position to actually just immediately start drilling like some of them uh, they, they want to, I mean, about, about maybe 12, 13% of them are on public land and they have to get also permits from the states yeah. and, and various other things. And, and it's a, it's a, a fairly long process that probably could be more streamlined. Here's the other thing. I, I mean, that's, that's a great number to look at. And I looked into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. 45% of them don't have oil on them. That's true. So they only have permits and 45% of them have been tested 
So even though the permit, the permit is still good and they can still drill you know, if they it, want, there's no oil it, where they've got the permit, so it, they're not going to drill it. So I, I know a guy who works, uh, at, or did work, he's retired now, but he worked for years as a geologist for uh, one of the oil companies, and he worked in Singapore for years and other places. And it was his job to figure out if there was oil under yeah. the ground, and he did, and uh, they would drill there, and, and he made quite a bit of money you know, with that. But uh, wouldn't you think that before you actually applied for the permit that you'd make sure there was some oil under the ground? No, because why would you spend money on uh, a permit if you don't are never going to get the chance to drill? You know what I mean? No. So if you don't own if you don't own the permit to drill the oil, why mm-hmm. would you spend all the money? Oh, why would you spend all the money to check to it try out? and see if there is oil there well, when you're never going to get the chance to drill for oil if there is or not? Well, it you're does, just it, wasting money. It doesn't sound like permits are hard to get. <laughs> yeah, no, they they aren't. It's like you know because you can make money off the leases. So. It, it does sound like oil's still hard to find. Let's get a check on what's going on in sports real quick. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Good morning. If you weren't watching spring football this weekend, you might have been on the couch watching the Masters. And once again, the number one golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler, won the Masters Tournament Sunday, his first major win. Scheffler had this to say after the round. I think I just stayed patient and trusted myself. You know, I had a lot of nice up and downs, too. If I was to pick one part of my uh, game that excelled the most, I would say it was probably my, my wet lob wedge. You know, I even today I had some really good up and downs at the beginning of the round and then, you know, just kept myself in position. Scheffler really led wire to wire in this tournament, so it wasn't very dramatic on Sunday. He finished at 10 under, 278, and won $2.7 million from that $15 million prize fund. And, uh, he really was the favorite from the time they started until they ended on Sunday. Once again, Scotty Scheffler getting it done on Sunday to win the Masters. I'm Rick Worthington. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Will Smith's punishment for slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars? <laughs> oh, wow! A 10-year ban from any events put on by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. That includes the Oscars. The Academy Board of Governors met Friday to finalize the consequences after Will Smith resigned his membership in the Academy last week. A letter from Academy President David Rubin and CEO Don Hudson says they hope the move will help restore trust in the Academy and begin a time of healing. There you go. Ten years, he will not be allowed to uh, take part in festivities you know, or uh, the Oscars. One guy hit another guy, and we have to have uh, a period of healing. It's important, Chris. Chris Rock didn't even need a period of healing. <laughs> um, he, by the way, can still be nominated. He can still win Oscars. So, I mean, is this really that big a thing? Hey, for 10 years, you don't have well, to dress up and uh, fight the, tra- the uh, crowds and traffic to get into the uh, uh, <clears throat> Oscars. First question that popped into my head with this news is, is that really a punishment? Yeah. Oh, good. I don't have to go to the Oscars for 10 years. <laughs> By the way, I, I find this interesting, and, you, and you've heard this conspiracy theory um, that the Simpsons are able to predict the future. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it again. Because they had a, an episode uh, real early where they had President Trump and, you know, various other things like that. They did it again. Simpsons predicted the, the future with a G.I. Jane Will Smith musical. Hey, G.I. Jane, let's make it plain. How do you train for love? 
How crazy is that? So once again, <laughs> predicting the future. Way to go. Interesting. Uh, one more uh, quick note uh, having to do with uh, movies, television shows, actors. Um, Boise's very own Aaron Paul um, is going to reprise his role as Jesse Pinkman once again. Oh, okay. So this will be for another movie? No, this is uh, going to be an appearance. He's going to be in the uh, final season. Both him and Brian Cranston will be back as Walter White and Jesse Pinkman for the sixth and final season of Better, Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. Yeah. How, how does Brian Cranston come back? In a flashback, probably? Um, no, because uh, Better Call Saul is a prequel to what happened oh, that's before. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So this is this is a prequel to uh, Breaking Bad. So this all, this stuff all happened. So this will be the crossover because Better, Saul ended up being their attorney. So this will be a crossover to bring one into the other and show how they yeah. how they eventually got together. But for those of you who like Breaking Bad and Jesse Pinkman, Pinkman and you know uh, remember he he got his start and, working uh, in this building as an actor. Um, wearing <laughs> uh, a frog costume and a two can costume. Actually, that was before uh, that was before ninety two point three was even in this building. Yeah. So yeah, it was back when he was uh, what fifteen, sixteen years old, and oh, then yeah. he took off well, he to started, Hollywood at he, seventeen. He started hanging around the radio station when he was about twelve. I don't, man. As a parent, I mean, because I have kids, mm-hmm. I could not imagine sending my. Any of our kids off at 17 years old, and it's like, yeah, um, okay, go to Hollywood, and good luck to you. Well, because that was that was his dream. It worked out great, but man, yeah. that would have been so hard. It's, I mean, I just think of my kids at 17, to, 16, 17 years be old, fair, and going, yeah, go to Hollywood, have fun. To be fair, most of the uh, most of those who actually do that end up coming back home with no success, or you know, in in it's trouble. Like, or, seriously, it's like one in a million that actually make it. Now we do know their parents, and uh, you know. He, he had very good parents. Sure. Let's let's put it that way. He did. Yeah. Very, very nice people. Yep. Um, coming up here for you, didn't have a chance to give you uh, our Casper uh, and Chris damn near impossible question. Um, this is coming up at 820 this morning, so you might want to start working on this because we do have a $50 gift certificate to La Peep to give away. Um, and all you have to do is answer our question today. Uh, our question, there is only one unhyphenated English word. That has three consecutive double letters. What is that word? All right. Three consecutive double letters. There's only one in the English language. Three consecutive. Okay. It's a word that's used uh, a lot in almost everyday life. It is a profession. That'll give you a couple of hints. This, um, there this, are pro- probably people at this time of year that yeah, would use this person. Exactly right. you got to check with this individual. There you go. So work on it. 820 this morning. Give you a chance to win that $50 gift certificate to La Peep. Um, and that's where we're going to be coming up Friday. Our live broadcasts, Casper and Chris, Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing, will be there 6 until 10. Now, I do know that place begins serving breakfast at 7. So uh, make your plans to join us beginning 7 o'clock this coming Friday. And this week is pretty much La Peep week because uh, coming up Friday morning, also at 9 a.m., the uh, Sweet deal of the week. Your mm-hmm. KBY sweet deal of the week. $50 gift certificate for only $25 will be coming your way. Once again, that's coming up this week. 
Um, speaking of Cloverdale Plumbing, got to see Kenny two days in a row. He was mm-hmm. at a, we had a uh, golf tournament on Saturday out at Quail Hollow, and he was out there in the golf tournament. That's cool. Um, and congratulations yeah. to my son and myself. Oh, you did win. We didn't win. We placed third, so we oh, were in well, the money. That's cool. We had we had money to share, as and we thought we were playing really bad. And it's like I think we're in the money. Sure enough, we were. You so, won money, but it was a charity event. No. Oh, it wasn't oh, no. a charity. Event. Not a charity. Event. Oh, okay. no. Huh. Okay. No, we 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 were we paid money to be in this one. Gotcha. It was at Quail Hollow. So, uh and just windy conditions. Just horrible windy windy conditions. Not as bad as it was and it was cold. I had to wear pants for the first time at a golf course in a really long time. Good gracious. <laughs> I know. Uh 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get into us this morning. Uh please feel free. You can also email us Mike at KBOI.com, uh, Chris at KBOI.com, Rock, Brock has already wrote in, says, does anyone else think it's pretty funny how inept the Russians are? They cannot do anything right. It's not just this fiasco in Ukraine. It's everything. They are a bunch of jackasses. Putin is the leader of a jackass world. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would hazard a, a guess that even uh, Russia, you know, probably is thinking, what the heck is going on here? Um, we're over a month into this thing. Um, they've now had to uh, back off, um, retreat, which you, you really didn't expect. Um, and desperate, Putin is recruiting uh, what they're calling a dad's army of old folks to prop up the uh, Ukraine invasion. Russian army has put out an SOS for volunteers aged up to 60. Wow. After they've sustained heavy losses during their six-week campaign. Military wants ex-soldiers nearing retirement age to join in uh, the uh, cities and uh, the attack on Ukraine. They would join up to 60,000 reservists recently called to uh, active service along with 134,500 new conscripts that have been forced into action. Conscripts are men aged 18 to 27. They make up a quarter of the army and only serve for about a year. So how would you like to, hey, you're 59 years old? Come join the army. Dude, I have trouble getting out of bed in the morning, and you want me <laughs> to invade I was going to say, we both resemble Ukraine? that remark. Yes. You should hear how hard it is to get out of bed. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go in, but you have to make me a general. <laughs> I'll go in, but you've got to drive me all the way. I, I ain't gonna marching a, to Ukraine. I'm not going to be a 56-year-old private. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around coming up. Uh, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates. An end to a three-week win streak on Wall Street happened last week. We'll uh, check in and hear about your money on the way in just a little bit right now. Check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for lunch. Get in today and find out why they are rated the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. The Bronco football team will now move on to player-run practices through the summer after the conclusion of the spring season, which ended on Saturday with the spring game. Boise State's defense dominated the spring game, scoring with three interceptions, three sacks, and five three-and-outs. They got a 42-28 to win over the offense. Coach Avalos thought the team accomplished a lot this spring. Overall, we came out of it pretty healthy. A lot of young players got a lot of good rest that are going to help build experience and uh, things we can uh, learn from and grow off of in the summertime and into uh, August. 
J.L. Skinner, Shale Oladipo, and Jalen Clark had the interceptions. Wide receiver Steph Cobbs had six catches for 61 yards, including a 25-yard touchdown pass from Hank Bachmeyer. The offense also got a 52-yard field goal from Jonah Dalmas. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. And this is true, so I'll point it out again. Paul Jay told us about this on Saturday during the pregame. Defense usually wins the spring game matchup because the defense doesn't rely as much on timing as the offense does. And, of course, that timing usually comes with much more practice, and you don't really get enough practice during the spring sessions to get that type of rhythm that you probably will see come September when the Broncos get ready to start the regular season. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning to talk about your money or lack thereof because the uh, stock market's putting into a three-week win streak last week and it looks like we're not going to be starting out that great today. Uh, down over 100 points on the Dow this morning, uh, but there are a lot of things that could be changing the direction of the Dow this week. Uh, what are some of the things that we're watching out for? Oh, yeah. It, it's certainly a busy week this week and also a shortened trading week as well. Markets are closed on Friday, so really working the Monday through Thursday. So the main uh, one of the main items that investors are going to be watching and Wall Street is going to be the inflation numbers. So you're going to get the, 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 the numbers for March for the consumer price index and the producer price index. So this is really going to give some indication. Obviously, all, uh, all for all intents and purposes, everyone's expecting the energy se- uh, category of inflation to be high. However, we're going to look at these other pockets to see if there's any indication or any noise or news that um, there's pockets that are slowing down, that we're kind of seeing these maybe supply chains um, get better and we're seeing these price pressures lower. So certainly going to be watching that. Uh, Additionally, we're going to see earnings kick off. This is like the uh, unofficial earnings season that's going to start. You have Albertsons and CarMax uh, kicking off earnings seasons tomorrow. Then you have the big banks releasing their earnings on Wednesday, Uh, BlackRock, JP Morgan. And that's going to be interesting because we're really going to listen to these you know, these company owners, CEOs, CFOs really talk about what they're seeing as far as their headwinds, what, what are their price pressures, and what are their, and what are they doing as far as passing prices onto the consumer? Because that was a lot of uh, the talk that we heard in the last earnings report um, for quarter four of last year. A lot of, um, a lot of company owners were citing the supply chain issues and that that was uh, eating into their bottom line so that they were going to have to raise prices. So we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on that. And, you know, one thing we want to point out, too, is, man, looking at the price of oil, this whipsaw just seems to continue. You have the price of Brent and crude well under $100 with the price of crude at 94 Now, this is largely in part due to the um, the, the concerns around China lockdown. We obviously know that China has a zero <laughs> a zero percent tolerance on COVID, and they are seeing an uptick. And we all saw what they did in Shanghai. So now there's concerns that it's going to put pressure on other cities. You got to look at it for what it is. China is the second largest economy. So any lockdowns certainly going to result in growth and consumption fears. And we're seeing that reflect in the price of oil right now. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of activity this week in the market. So expect some choppiness, especially um, around what the inflation numbers are and really around what these initial corporate earnings uh, show as well as far as are they seeing a hit on their profitability thus far this year. Yeah, they're announcing this morning that uh, Guangzhou, uh, a very large city, is headed for a uh, a lockdown as well. 
Yeah, and and that's and that's one thing to keep an eye on, right? Because again, like like I just mentioned, they they have a zero tolerance, right? Now, I guess there's one indication that they that with Shanghai being on lockdown, they are starting to ease those lockdowns. So there is a little bit of optimism there. So kind of the idea is, hey, at least hopefully this will be short lived. They go all in for two weeks, and that bodes the result that they want, and then they start to open things back up. But man, if you're talking about these surrounding cities, and that it's just this trickle down effect of more lockdowns. Yeah, we're 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 gonna see some effect, um, particularly on commodities and 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 largely equity markets as well. Now we find out last night that while Elon Musk apparently wants to own Twitter, I guess he doesn't want to run it after all. And this morning, Twitter's gone down. The troll job by Elon Musk never ceases to <laughs> amaze me. That he there is so much noise and rhetoric around him joining the board, and now he just abandons the plan. And we're starting to see Twitter kind of fall down a bit. But hey, you also got to you got to look at it like this. My kind of my my take on it is he, if with Elon Musk being a board member, he was limited. One of the stipulations was he couldn't own more than I think it was like fourteen point two percent of um of shares of that company. So now he could. He could affect decision making uh, of Twitter not by being directly on the board, but being a majority shareholder because money talks. So if he starts picking up more shares and he decides to pull the rug, yeah, Twitter might be uh, kind of beholden to what Elon Musk wants, and, uh, not being a member of the board. And what do what what did he spend? Do you remember uh, the amount to buy the the what is it nine percent that he owns right now? It was it was in the billions. Yeah, it's like three yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. That's what I thought. And they said it was interesting because somebody said, "Hey, and just just in case you don't think he has any more money to buy any more shares if he wants to, um, the money that he spent is less than one percent of his total wealth." So. <laughs> Yeah, it's pocket, pocket be nice. change for him, isn't it? Well, and not to mention the so the dollar the the price of um, Twitter shares when that when he actually purchased it to when the news was announced. I mean, he got significant gains on that as well. So we're talking about uh, yeah, yeah, not to not not to mention the the wealth that he already had, the wealth that was generated from that spike in Twitter. Yeah, Elon Musk is all right. He should have no issue buying more shares of Twitter. All right, uh, stock market, the Dow down about a hundred points ahead of the opening here in just a few minutes. We'll get a check in from you uh, next hour and talk to you. Again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven forty-two with everything that's uh, going on in uh, Ukraine with uh, Russia and the rest of the world trying to uh, put as much pressure as they can can against Russia. Russia also uh, slapping back on some of the things that they have control under. For instance, uh, Russia has now said they will end cooperation on the International Space Station and will not work with NASA or European Space Agency any longer. Well, that's too bad. Head of the uh, country's space agency said it will no longer work with its partners, including NASA, European Space Agency, on the groundbreaking orbiting Laboratory following weeks of threats, delays, and canceled projects. You know what we ought to do? Seriously, change the locks. <laughs> the problem is, uh, it, it's International Space Station was put up by Russia. Well, yeah, I mean that kind of a problem. The um, the only thing I that this really doesn't matter. I don't think a whole lot because of where private spacecraft now is at. And Elon Musk has already said, hey, if they end um, their cooperation, we're ready, able, and willing to step in and do whatever we need to do to keep the uh, International Space Station up 
and orbiting what Earth. I wanna, what I want to know is uh, who has the money to build another one? Well, at this point, they really don't have to build another one. They can just keep this one in orbit for, I mean, decades yet. Hmm, okay. So if, you're, if you wonder where the money might be coming from, uh, I don't know if you saw this weekend, Axiom One took off and is taking uh, people to stay at the International Space Station for 10 days. Four crew members blasted off on Saturday aboard Axiom One rocket to go to the International Space Station. Three of those, by the way, each paid $55 million apiece <laughs> to wow. be a part of that crew. $55 million? So if you're wondering where this money could possibly come from, if you have people willing to shell out $55 million apiece just to take a 10-day trip into space, that, that could possibly be it right there, right? What does that, what does that come down to? 5.5 million per day. <laughs> I know. The three paying customers, by the way, um, are American investor Larry Connor, who will serve as a pilot. He is a trained pilot. Canadian investor Mark Paffey and Israeli investor uh, Eaton Stibbe. The three will fly under command of former NASA astronaut Michael uh, Lopez Algera. Have you ever eaten Stibbe? Uh, I have not. I've never had it either. He's now a vice president at Axiom Space, and he is also a veteran of four space flights. Oh, wow. So if you got $55 million uh, laying around and you'd like to go to the International Space Station... I mean, if it's your last $55 million, don't spend it. Write a check. Or, apparently, Axiom 2. Uh, they're already planning the mission Axiom 2 to do the same thing. Go to the International Space Station. And if you'd like to get on that and don't have $55 million, they're putting together a reality TV show to pick the person <laughs> who will be a part of that one. And they'll give that person free tickets, huh? Yeah. But look at the free publicity that you, that you get for having a reality show to give away a $55 million trip. I wonder, though, if you win that trip, because when you win things on an award show, yeah. on a reality show, you have to you have to pay taxes on That's that. That's a good point. So it's, you'd have to pay it's taxes valued on at $55, $55 million. million. No thanks. I know I won. I want to go really bad, but I don't have enough money to pay my taxes on $55 million. KBOI News Time, 745. Let's get another check. Final check on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Good morning. There's news in the NBA for us today. Frank Vogel, who led the Los Angeles Lakers to the 2020 NBA Championship, has coached his final game apparently for the organization, a decision expected to be shared with him as soon as this morning, according to ESPN. The Lakers, that is, search for his replacement is expected to be expansive, and lengthy without a clear-cut front runner, the Lakers concluded a disappointing 33 and 49 season Sunday with a 146-141 overtime victory against the Nuggets after being eliminated from the play-in tournament contention on Tuesday. Vogel, who signed an original three-year contract back in 2019 and received a one-year extension through the 23 season this past off-season, said following the Sunday game that. He hadn't been told anything about his future with the team, but apparently the media knew about it before he did. And while that's not great, it is Los Angeles, and that does happen from time to time. So Frank Vogel, out as the Lakers coach. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 753, uh, Dow 
and uh, the other two indexes, uh, Standard & Poor, NASDAQ, all down. Dow, uh, though not as bad as it was uh, before the opening, only down 85 points as of right now. Keeping an eye on that for you this morning. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Don't forget, uh, coming up this week, uh, we've got La Peep. It's kind of La Peep week this week. We've got our $50 gift certificate that we're giving away every day this week for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We have the sweet deal of the week Friday morning at 9 o'clock at KBOI.com, which is La Peep, $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks. And Friday, the hometown breakfast will be at La Peep in Meridian. It's brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We will be there. Basically turning Good Friday into a Great Friday, because we'll be able to start it off with breakfast. You're invited to come on out and join us. Um, speaking of uh, Lent, Good Friday, um, we've got a couple of, of uh, good news stories here for you um, this morning. Uh, a man for Lent this year gave up food for Lent and replaced all his food with beer. But it is a it is for a good cause. Is it? Yeah, uh, Del cause, Hall. Cause he wants to. Well, that and uh, he's raising money for charity. Oh, that's good. So, not only is he doing good by uh, giving up food and drinking nothing but beer for Lent, which sounds a lot like me giving up <laughs> bowling for Lent, uh, but he is raising money for multiple sclerosis you know while what, doing it. You know what gave him the idea? Beer. <laughs> True that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, another good story, Texas woman. I, I don't understand how you even do this. Um, a Texas woman is being celebrated for being the first American woman to run Marathons. Take a guess at how many marathons she has run. She just hit a. Uh, she just hit a level. Fifty. One thousand marathons. Okay, I was off by a bit. Uh, Angela Tortis. Uh, here she is talking about why she does it. Once again, it's all also for a really good cause. So both of those raising money for multiple sclerosis. What's a marathon? Is it 24 miles? 24 26.2. 26.2 miles. So she has run just in doing marathons, not in the training part, because you have to train for these marathons also. 26,000 miles. miles. Yeah, she's, she's run completely <laughs> oh around the earth. How do you even... I, don't, I mean, I have such great respect for people who just run one. Thank you. Marathon. I have run one. Yes, I. It I, was many pounds, ago, many years ago, <laughs> both actually. And uh, there was uh, a gentleman who was eighty years old, who was uh, standing beside me at the beginning. He turns to me and he says, "Congratulate me." And I said, uh, "Oh, really? What for?" And he said, uh, "This is the fiftieth state in which I have run a marathon." Wow. Very impressive. He says, I saved Hawaii for last. Very impressive. Thousand mar- marathons and still going. 
by the mm-hmm. way. Um, uh, Kirk just wrote in, Mike, at KBY.com. Mike, beer is food. Good food. Beer. Good. It's grain-based. 208-336-3700. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Our producer, Nathaniel, said, uh, you know, uh, just eating beer is a beer, uh, vegetable smoothie. <laughs> grain, grain smoothie. That's yeah, a what gra- it is. A, gra- just, yeah. a, gra- a grain smoothie. <laughs> oh, wow. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Those are good numbers to remember because on the way, coming up in uh, 20 minutes from right now, have a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate for free from La Peep. Uh, you can uh, use this for uh, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. We'll be there once again Friday broadcasting live for the Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. To win, all you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, uh, ranked 44 out of the 1,500-plus offices in the global network. We're talking three continents, 12 countries, and they are ranked number 44, located right here in Idaho. Call for your all, all your real estate needs, 208-888-4128. Question today, uh, there is only one unhyphenated English word that has three consecutive double letters. What is that word? By the way, it's a word that uh, is used in regular, everyday life. It's a profession and uh, probably used more this time of year than uh, at other times of the year. If you know the answer, stick around. First person to answer will win that $50 gift certificate in 20 minutes. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us, mike at kboy.com, chris at kboy.com. On the way here, and just uh, shortly, we'll have that $50 gift certificate to LaPeep to give away. Also on the way this morning, if you would like, stick around. A uh, pair of passes to Imtech, Intermountain Technology and Leadership Conference, which is coming up next week. Uh, April the 21st at the Boise Center. We'll have those, uh, if you would like to win those, stick around, chance to do that on the way sometime before 10 o'clock this morning. We'll have some of those to give away all week long. And, of course, don't forget, 25K payday underway another week. And in case you missed it, this is week number three. We just gave away the keyword a few minutes ago, and that keyword, in case you missed it, you're welcome, giving it to you again, (laughs) earn, E-A-R-E. Now, remember, we give you the keywords at the top of every hour beginning at 8 o'clock, and that will continue throughout the day up until 5 every day, Monday through Friday. All right? Keyword, once again, this hour is earn. You don't have to rush out immediately. It's not the first person that gets it in, by the way. Um, All you have to do is uh, enter that keyword, text it. And then, uh, listen, you have up until the next keyword given away at uh, 9 o'clock. And then everybody who gets uh, in uh, and wins $100, every hour we give away that $100, everybody who gets in and wins the $100 will be in on the $25,000 grand prize drawing, which will happen on May 2nd. So you still have a few weeks to get in on this. And by the way, the text line uh, to get the keyword into is 95819. Yes, I know it's not like a regular telephone number like you would normally text to, but it is a special number. It does work. Just put that number in instead of the phone number, 95 
and then uh, just write the word earn. Type it in E A R N. You know if you want in. how you know how if you want clarification, you you ask people to use the word in a sentence, and I can completely mess people up by saying, <laughs> here, I'll use the word earn in a sentence. How much does a Grecian earn? Uh, yeah, uh, that's the wrong way to use the word. How much would you earn? If you were a Grecian? There you go. Now you can see, completely different. All right, now that we've confused everybody. Uh, You might have heard there in the uh, news that uh, Biden's inner circle, a lot of them are testing positive for COVID. Talked about this on Friday, Nancy Pelosi testing positive after uh, she had visited the White House. Keith writes in and says, so after Pelosi diagnosed with COVID, people at the White House getting diagnosed as COVID, we now know that the CDC is defining close contact as 15 minutes of continuous contact. So why did they tell us to wear a mask in stores and other situations when there is no way we were ever going to have 15 minutes of continuous contact with anyone in person? Maybe this is why all the studies have shown shown zero correlation to mask use and COVID transmission rates. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit strange, too, when I saw that this weekend, that CDC saying that continuous means 15 minutes of continuous, you know, or or what close contact means, 15 minutes of continuous close contact. I can contact. tell you that when I was a uh, small child and used to follow my mother around stores, uh, that it was not unusual for her to find a friend of hers and to stop and talk for more than 15 minutes. But did they have close which, contact? Which, when you're five years old, is an eternity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, because people were, saying, people were saying Nancy Pelosi got it because she was hugging everybody. Well, that's close contact, but she didn't have close contact for 15 minutes, Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, do, I wasn't there, but I wouldn't think you hug somebody for 15 straight minutes if that's what the CDS, CDC is saying, that close contact means. I think there's less chance now that people have stopped observing you know, the protocols uh, as closely as they did, most people anyway, uh, for a while there. Uh, I, I think it's, it's more difficult to figure out, like, you know, what was I doing when I, I caught this? Because mm-hmm. it could be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you can catch it from your family. Like now, now if your family brings it home, you're obviously going to be in close contact mm-hmm. with your family. My guess would be if you're catching it in schools, you're going to be in close contact. You know, if you have a doctor's appointment, yeah. you could come in contact with somebody who is sick. Believe um, it or not. Now, uh, <laughs> update on COVID nineteen case levels. We've been telling you they've been continuing to drop. Um, but they could be rising again. There is the emergence of BA two. More than 150 wastewater surveillance sites around the country are showing an increase in the viral particles of COVID-19. But March data from the city of Boise's COVID-19 wastewater dashboard shows levels of the coronavirus in wastewater are the lowest since the summer. Cases in, that's last summer, cases in the community also remain low, even as the BA2, which is a mutated form of Omicron, is now becoming the dominant Variant here in the United States. They're going to have to give it a clever name because we won't pay attention to BA2. Yeah. Omicron we pay attention to. And I don't think you can call it Omicron 2 because then it confuses people and they just think it's Omicron. Um, Primary health group CEO Dr. David Peterman said that he believes that there will be more COVID and more people will be positive. What we don't know and says what he is hopeful that it won't mean there were more will be more people that get really sick or admitted to the hospital. 
Um, now, two weeks ago, you remember Boiseans uh, hit the streets in downtown um, for big, huge music festival that was happening. Uh, they were packing restaurants and bars, and uh, apparently uh, there has been an uptick after that particular weekend. Now, do- so that's what we call the new virus, the tree fort. Tree fort. There you go. Primary health has seen an uptick in cases uh, from five days to t- from five a day to ten a day. Um, some of those testing positive said that they attended Tree Fort. Peterman says he said the positivity rate at primary health has more than doubled from around two percent to nearly five percent over the last couple of weeks. And if you remember, we tell you that a positive rate of five percent is one of the thresholds um, that. As long as you stay below that, shows that you have control over coronavirus. Now, once again, this is just the rate in the one clinic, primary health clinic, that they have been keeping track of and and, and watching. So, um, the people that are coming in and getting tested um, over the last couple of weeks, it's risen to about five percent. It remains to be seen if we'll see a resurgence, though. Here, it sounds like those people. Man, I would not like that job. Who are testing out the uh, sewers and <laughs> facilities uh, to see if uh, you know the new strain is there? Yeah. Not seeing a new strain uptick as of yet so far. And by the I'm, way, I'm glad there is somebody analyzing sewer uh, sewage, but I'm also glad it isn't me. Yeah, I'm glad it's not me either. Uh, by the way, every uh, increase in all the previous um, variants that we've had um, go through the Treasure Valley. Um, about two to three weeks before they uh, hit, they started to see a big uptick in the uh, sewers. So that's if you're wondering why they watch them so closely, that's why, because they can tell before they actually hit mm-hmm. and people start showing up sick, uh, they start to see the because, uh, molecules in the, in the sewers. Whatever's happening uh, on Earth uh, generally ends up in the sewer. Very good point. Yep. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around. Uh, we'll take a break here on the way after news at the bottom of the hour. Once rem- again, remind you, Bob Beeler will be with us live once again this morning. Um, one of the final chimes that we'll uh, probably talk a whole lot about football for at least a few months because uh, today will be the final practice, spring practice for the BSU football game. Saturday was their final scrimmage. Uh, We talked to Bob uh, ahead of that scrimmage about what they were going to be looking for and uh, hopes to accomplish. Um, We'll get his reaction. Um, We've we've talked about this this morning in sports. The defense was way ahead of the offense and uh, killed them in the way they keep points, which is not the normal way in a football game. Um, They had a special way of keeping points, but defense looked very, very good. Uh, We'll we'll find out, is it because the defense is good or because the offense is bad? I liked what Paul Jay said in in the pregame, that uh, the defense doesn't have to work on its timing. No, that is true. Um, so anyway, we'll talk with Bob Beeler coming up here next after traffic and weather. We'll give you that $50 gift certificate uh, once again to La Peep in Meridian. If you're able to answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question, that's on the way next. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Bob is going to get first crack at our question today. Bob, there is only one unhyphenated English word that has three consecutive double letters in the English language. What is that word? Bookkeeper. B-O-O. 
K K E E P P E E R R. No, no, no. Just just P E R at the end. Oh, yeah. Hey, Bob, congratulations. That is it. Was did one of there, our there our hints give it away for you? Yeah. <laughs> now there is only one if you don't count the words bookkeepers and bookkeeping. That's true. But, but those, those are, are just, just forms various, of, yeah, yeah, those are variations forms of, of the words. So hey Bob, hold on the line. Uh we've got a fifty dollar gift certificate to La Peep to give to you. We'll get some information. By the way, uh, we'll be giving away La Peep all week. This is kind of La Peep week, which is pretty cool because we've got the La Peep, La Peep gift certificates. We're going to be doing our show live, the Hometown uh, Handshake, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing, 6 until 10. That will happen on Friday morning. And then on Friday at 9 a.m., the KBY Sweet Deal of the Week goes on sale, which is La Peep, $50 gift certificate for only $25. That half-price deal will uh, get underway uh, just at 9 o'clock sharp you want to get there a little bit early because la peep we have had this as our sweet deal it goes about that fast just about as fast as our and our barbecue did uh, last friday all our sweet deals um great food they go really quickly just make your plans on friday set an alarm whatever it takes stick around we'll take a break here uh on the way after news at the bottom of the hour uh as the voice of the broncos we will be talking about the broncos uh probably probably final chance uh, to talk uh you know at any length about the football team at least until um this coming fall when we get back to uh Getting ready for the first game against Oregon State, which will happen September 3rd. Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos, was there, called the game on Saturday. The scrimmage, he'll give us uh, his input, what he thought he saw, where they're at, and uh, what improvements they need to make over the summer. Uh, We'll get to that coming up here in about 10 minutes. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.37, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. And with us once again this morning, Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos and uh, kind of a, just an extra added special uh, segment on uh, Boise State football, spring practice, uh, final one of the uh, spring, happened on Saturday. Uh, today will be the final practice uh, of spring for the uh, Broncos. And uh, Bob, just wanted to have him in there th- this morning to uh, talk to us about what his saw, his his uh, his input on uh, what he thinks that they need to work on, what the strengths, what the weaknesses were in the uh, spring game. Bob, thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Well, thanks for inviting me in. Uh, spring games can be a little bit difficult to uh, kind of comprehend what's going on in the sense that you know, there are a lot of players that get held out of the game. There are some that don't pra- participate in spring practice because they're coming back off of injuries that are rehabbing, and then there are some that have been in spring practice, like a George Halani, that I think the only thing he did was field a punt in the game. So a lot of times it's hard to tell. You know, you, you think, oh, this looks really poor, and then you start to inspect things and you realize that, well, we didn't have this, this, and this on the field. So a lot of times it's hard to tell. They're also not playing totally live as far as with the quarterbacks, so that changes it as well. So uh, the one thing that I took from the, the spring game, maybe the biggest thing, is that the defense is ahead of the offense. That's not uncommon this time of the year, but I really like the depth and what Boise State's going to put out on defense. The score was, to me, uh, a, a real reflection on what the game looked like, 42-28. to 28. For the score to have been tied at halftime, they gave the offense 
five points on some little contest punt pass and kick at, at halftime <laughs> to tie the thing up I thought was kind of bogus. But I think the coaches a lot of times want to, you know, make things as even as So, possible. in other words, it would have been much worse had they not done that? <laughs> oh, the defense, the defense deserved the stakes. They were by far the better team. Was there any aspect that just looked like they're not ready? Well, I, th- I think I-, I was looking for a little more out of out of the backup quarterbacks. I-, I thought I was looking a little bit more for them to, you know, handle things. But again, a lot of times you're playing with backup line, you're playing with backup receivers. Uh, I think Boise State's defensive side of the ball um, is is deeper. So I think that if the twos are playing against the twos, the defense has an edge at the twos. Um, but again. I think when you try to make wide, wild statements based on what you saw in one scrimmage that was, what, a seven-minute first quarter, basically a red zone in a two-minute second quarter and seven minutes of running time in the second quarter with a lot of people out, I, I don't know you know, that you can be very accurate with what you're saying. But I expected a little bit more out of the two backup quarterbacks. I now, guess I, I know there's a lot of uh, expectations for Green coming into his uh, second year, but did he set himself apart? Or I know we have a transfer coming in also. They both played. Uh, uh, Vidlak played. He's the transfer from, from Oregon State. And, and Green, of course, is the, uh, I guess, I think he'll be listed as a redshirt freshman because he only played in a couple of games. But Vidlak was 3-for-10 for 13 yards. Green was 1-for-4 for for 4 yards, and and both teams threw a pass to the other team So uh, for an interception. So, as I say, neither one of them, in my opinion, really distinguished themselves. The defense had three interceptions, had three sacks. Uh, I think they had five three-and-outs on the game. So the, the offense really had trouble sustaining much of anything. Uh, their two touchdowns came, you know, in the red zone when the ball was started at the 15-yard line. So they, the the offense didn't march for anything. Is this year's team any uh, any bigger, any faster? Say that again, Chris. Are are is this year's team going to be any larger or any faster? Is it going to be a different look from say last year? I, I don't I don't think so in that respect. I mean I don't I mean I'm not saying they're not going to be fast, they're not going to be strong, they're not going to be tough, but you know I. I players are what size they are they can run i guess you can become faster than you than you can be so there are probably individual players that are faster but no i wouldn't i i would but i would say that for any team that that you know unless they had an influx of you know really changing the roster with you know if you were a really you know team at the bottom of the standings and you got 20 you know transfers or something i wouldn't think that you could improve that much in those categories across the board now, the uh, offense last year was kind of uh, disappointing, especially for the expectations from uh, Tim Plow and, you know, for those people. And I know it was tough, you know, because you had 20, 25-mile-hour gusting winds yeah. in, in this particular scrimmage, and it is just practice. Um, <laughs> but but how much pressure is there on Tim Plow, do you think, this year for as offensive coordinator? Well, I think there's pressure on coaches all of the time. I mean, I think yesterday you saw, you know, kind of a limited playbook. You know, one of the things they were talking about, and we'll hear from, from Coach Avalos in a few moments, you know, they were talking about, you know, that they didn't want to show anything. Well, no, you don't want to show anything. I mean, if you're working on something different, something special, you know, why do you, you, you know, if you have a scrimmage right. and you have, I don't know, what do you think was in there? Five thousand, six thousand, whatever, however many thousand people were in there, somebody is probably recording or doing something for Oregon State, right? Yeah, <laughs> you would think. You would think, and and I don't think everybody is good at keeping secrets. So, 
even if you know you didn't have somebody from Oregon State, I don't think there were some things that they probably would want to show. And I would say, again, you could say that about anybody's spring spring game. Now, the ones that are on television, you know, obviously it's easier to record and see and watch and you know that type of thing. But uh, um, I I think there's pressure on on everybody every year because everybody wants to win, everybody wants to do well. Um, you know, think about last year. First part of the season, first seven games, Boise State averaged 84 yards a game on the ground. Alani didn't play in much of that. And then they averaged 171 yards a game on the ground the last five games of the season. Alani played. Played, mm-hmm. played in all of them. Oh, and, and, I mean, you you were there, and we got to see it. I mean, Halani was a difference maker. Yeah. He, yeah. he just looked so different than anybody else right. who had run the ball. And, and, he didn't, and he didn't play yesterday or Saturday. So... Uh, you know, you, you got to keep the right people healthy. You know, for any team again, Genty, you know, had you know what one run that was you know pretty good, sixteen yard run, I believe he had. That was towards the end of the game. Uh, he looks like he could be good. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of Tyler. Uh, that's Taquan Tyler. Tyler Crow, we saw quite a bit of, and you know, I think Crow's probably going to end up in the Van Buren role where he's going to get some short yardage carries and run between the tackles. Um, I think he, I think he can be solid in that position. Cobbs was the leading receiver offensively. I think Cobbs will be the leading receiver, you know, come fall. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll have seventy-seven catches like Khalil Shakir, but you know, let's say Cobbs gets fifty, you know, then you got to have some other guys. Cutter, uh, Bold, you know, other players that are playing How wide did receiver they are going to have to step up with you know twenty, twenty-five catches each. How did they look, uh, the other receivers behind Cobb? Because you're right, you can't have just one guy. You better have right. two or three guys behind yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, again, the the quarterbacks, especially, you know, the, the the two backup quarterbacks kind of struggled to throw the football. There were a couple of nice catches made down around the uh, in the end zone that were out of bounds that, you know, the receivers caught, but maybe the wind took or maybe the pass just wasn't quite there or maybe they didn't run quite the right route to be able to catch the ball in bounds. But, you know, there were a couple of catches that were made by receivers that, that were incomplete passes in the end zone. So, you know, I, I think that you've got people who are capable. I think it's just, you know, whenever you lose somebody that, you know, Shakir was about as good a security blanket as there was. Yeah. I mean, you know, both as a receiver, he could catch it short, he could catch it long, he could catch it over the middle. He'd do something with it once he caught it. Um, he also had, you know, a couple of, you know, you can probably count on one or two a game of, you know, reverses where he took a handoff and, and went around. So, and, and that's probably why he's going to be picked in the second day of the NFL draft. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break here. Bob Beeler with us. We're talking about the uh, most recent scrimmage. Last time they'll officially be together is today uh, before fall comes up. Uh, now, of course, they've got uh, training lifting and all that uh, put together by the uh, coaches for the rest of the summer. Uh, When we come back, though, as promised, we'll hear from uh, the coach on what his thoughts were on the scrimmage on Saturday. That's next here on News Talk KBOI. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 851, Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos, with us once again. Uh, he had the play-by-play call uh, this past Saturday of the uh, scrimmage. It's got to be a little more difficult to uh, actually do a scrimmage than it uh, is to do an actual game, isn't it? In in some ways it is. You certainly don't have the energy and the excitement of a, a real game. Uh, the one thing is you only have to learn, you know, your team's names. You don't have to learn the other, oh, this is true. the other team's names. And when you do go to a game, it certainly looks like there's less 
people out on the on the field, doesn't it? Because the the offense is only half of a team, and it's on one side of the field. Defense is on the other side of the field. But uh, no, I mean it's it, it's fun. It's just different. I mean, you'd obviously rather have a real game because you know the crowd and everybody's more into a real game than to a scrimmage. Let's get to Coach Avalos. Had a chance to visit with him after the game and uh, got his overall impressions on what he saw. Overall, we came out of it pretty healthy. A lot of young players got a lot of good rest that are going to help build experience and uh, things we can uh, learn from and grow off of in the summertime and into August. And again, the game was won by the defense, 42-28. to Ask him what pleased him most. And, of course, Coach went with the defensive side of the ball first. You know what, on defense uh, tackling, we didn't tackle very well in the second scrimmage for a few different reasons, and we are able to clean that up and do a much better job today tackling. It was clean. We had much better body control, uh, very few missed tackles today. Um, and then, you know what, offensively, in a, in a couple uh, short yardage situations, we were able to run the ball, you know, one down on the goal line and, and uh, get the ball in the end zone, and then on a couple shorter yardage situations, you know, out in the open field. So that was exciting to see. And uh, you got to keep building off that. Three interceptions for the defense, three sacks. Uh, they had nine pass deflections. I thought the secondary looked outstanding, and I think that's going to be one of the strengths of the team. And we'll finish up. The team is practicing as we speak right now. Uh, most of the years they end with the spring game, but Coach wanted to have a Monday practice. We asked him what he wanted to get out of it. Well, there's definitely some things, uh, you know, we want to clean up before we move on out of spring ball. Uh, there's some things that we did not want to show in front of a lot of people today that we we want to make sure we work on and get on, get on film on, on Monday. There's an opportunity to get them ready for the summertime, make sure they're squared away and they understand you know, what it looks like when they're running their own practices and how they need to get those things done. And that was Coach Avalos after the game. And I think the first thing, guys, when he was talking about his overall impressions, uh, everybody got out pretty healthy. I think that's probably the biggest thing that you yeah. have for spring football. If if you if you don't lose anybody and <laughs> you, you have your entire roster, and then your your second thing is that each person individually gets better. That would be my number two, you know. And then three, they kind of grasp, you know, what what they want out of team concepts. So I I, I think uh, you know, sounds like you. it sounds like that they are p- more pleased and feel that they are further ahead this spring than they were last year. And that to me is. You know, with the new coaching staff last year and everybody learning terminology and trying to get things set, that to me is not a surprise. I've seen, you know, bad injuries before in the spring, not many, fortunately. But but every time they, they come up, it seems like somebody brings up, you know, why do we even have spring ball? <laughs> well, well, you have spring ball because it gives you it, it gives you time to get better. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, anybody that says, well, if you don't have it, nobody's going to get hurt. Well, yeah, that might be true, but, but you are going to get better. And the number of players that are going to get hurt are going to be pretty slim compared to the amount of players across the board that are that are going to get better. So, you know, that that's what you're able to do. The the NCAA limits you to 15, you know, pat, you know, practices that you're out there. So, it's not like a full, you know, uh, a full, you know, camp where you're practicing right. every day. Most of the time they're practicing 3 days a week. You're allowed to practice 15 times. If you want to practice 15 days in a row, that's fine. If you want to spread it out to before spring break, after spring break like Boise State did, that that's what you can do. A couple schools, you know, that are already done or were done before this, you know, they practiced uh, you know, all before spring break and then said no, we're done at spring break. So, you know, everybody kind of has their own style how they want to do it. Um, just a couple more questions for you. Um, you touched on Genty and also the um, transfer. What's is, is the transfer from Oregon State quarterback? Vidlak. Vidlak. Got to get used to all these new names. 
Um, you, you'd mentioned those two. Were there any other newcomers who uh, stood out or looked good for even a limited number of plays? Well, Cortez Hogan's is a guy that they're really high on that played defensive end. And, again, they rotated people in and out quickly on defense. Uh, he's somebody that I think people are going to want to watch. I think I think he's going to play very well at defensive end. I think I think the defensive ends are going to be very, or the defensive line is going to be a very deep position, assuming everybody everybody stays healthy. And then obviously there are players, you know, that that see more time. You know, two or three offensive linemen that I think might have a chance to start, including you know John Ajuku, an All Conference player, did not play. And if you get your right line out there, it's amazing how much better the offense is going to look. Did uh, our two cornerbacks uh, that uh, people are saying going to be the strengths of the team this year? Did they look as dominant as uh, you expected? I think I think you're referring to safeties. Uh, or safeties, sorry, Jones and Skinner. Yes, they're that good. I, I think Boise State's pair of safeties may be, you know, among the top five or six pairs in the country. Impressive. All right, uh, Bob, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes with us, uh, getting up a little extra and doing a little extra work. No, it's uh, great. Much Enjoyed appreciated. It. No, no breakfast, though, this morning. No breakfast, though, this morning. <laughs> but if you want to come join us, we're going to be at La Peep coming up Friday. So if you just want to come hang out and have breakfast, I can't promise um, you know, uh, the best potatoes you've ever had in your life like I did last Friday, but um, they do have really good breakfast at La Peep. No, so if you want to just I come know, hang no, out, that feel free. great. I'll tell you what, you guys have a good time on Friday. All right. Um, uh, thanks a lot, Bob. Tomorrow, um, we're talking golf, correct? Yes, we are. They just uh-huh. came off a winning tournament. That's awesome. Boise State. All right. Tomorrow morning, that's Bronco Tuesday. We talk about the other Olympic sports uh, here on News Talk KBOI. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning once again, Bob. Thanks again. Thank you. KBOI News Time is 8.57. Phone lines are open. What do you want to talk about in the final hour? We've got a few more segments on the way. Your chance to get through. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, if you would like. Uh, keep in mind, uh, we've already got some emails that we'll be getting to after the top of the hour. And this hour, we'll also have a pair of passes to Imtech Intermountain Technology of Leadership Conference next week. We'll give that away sometime before 10 o'clock. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Dow um, now down 179 points, putting an end to a three-week win streak last week. Um, and we talked to Jeremiah Bates a little bit earlier this morning. A slew of information will be coming out this week. So you could see some uh, volatility. Um, we're expecting a whole bunch of companies to report their earnings for the last quarter. If uh, those earnings are showing some problems, you're probably going to see the stock market go down. However, if uh, some of the earnings surprise expectations and uh, go up more than expected, then uh, we could see possibly better results than uh, what we're expecting as of right now because of inflation and uh, yeah. rising interest rates. You have to watch it every day. I, I think it can be kind of depressing because all of a sudden you think, wow, there's some good news, and then there's three other things that are bad news. And, <laughs> and uh, if it goes down, they'll blame it on the bad news, and if it goes up, they'll blame it on the good news. Um. Couple of emails to get through. By the way, the phone lines are open. There are lines open if you want to get through right now. That's the easiest way you can get through uh, in the morning uh, to talk to us. It's open every morning, beginning at six o'clock when the show starts uh, until ten. Uh, if you want to take part in the show, it's something we encourage you to do. Um, something to uh, email. This is talking about. We were talking about uh, wastewater plants. Um, since COVID began, they started testing wastewater uh, in uh, Ada County um, to try and find out. Um, 
virus because it's someplace that you can see the virus uh, start to show up before you actually start to see it, people getting sick and things like that. We had talked about that, that uh, as of right now, we're not seeing any of the new, what is it, BA2? We're going to have to come up with a different name for that because you're right, it doesn't sound, <laughs> it's not, doesn't it's roll boring. off the tongue. Yeah, uh, but it's a, it's a, another uh, of the uh, coronavirus variants. It's the newest one and it is now across the United States, the one that has taken over as the dominant strain uh, from Omicron, but it is an Omicron variant. Um, this person writes in, when will you guys discuss the science? You're as useless as a fear monger as Fauci is. Virus in wastewater is presence of virus and is not an indication of disease. Well, well, I'm glad, I'm you, glad. you couldn't be more wronger there. I'm glad he checked in. I was worried. Yeah. Uh, useless COVID cases, useless PCR tests that are not a diagnostic tool, useless wastewater results, useless positive rates, useless remdesivir, useless vaccines. Um, I, I never said any of the things that you claim that we said. I just said, um, you know, that there's virus in the wastewater. They like to keep an eye on that so they can see if possibly there could be an increase in incidence rates that could be coming that have every single time, by the way, followed the uh, rise in uh, the virus in our wastewater facilities. And I'm talking specifically here. This happens in all cities across the country, but specifically here in uh, Boise, the tests have always been two to three weeks ahead of seeing a little bit of a spike. Now, we don't know if this variant, what it's going to be, could be absolutely nothing. Who knows? However, or, <laughs> or, or, you know, we, we could see problems. By yeah, the way, we'll just wait and see. Every, every week, there are still people that uh, are testing positive COVID. It's way down. It's down to about as low as it's ever been since COVID started. But there are still people that are dying here in the state of Idaho. Um, I'm not fair. You, you, <laughs> you claim that I'm, you know, causing fear. I don't know necessarily how I do that because I'm not even afraid. I mean, I, it's since 2019, I haven't been sick, haven't been diagnosed with COVID. My wife hasn't been diagnosed with COVID. Um, but I do have family members who have and have been mm-hmm. very, very sick and in the hospital. And I do worry about some of my uh, family members that, you know, um, my father, stepfather, for instance, um, you know, he's he's diabetic. He also um, is on the list waiting for a kidney transplant. Um, in his 70s, right? And he's in his, yeah, mid-70s. So, you know, people like that, I, I do worry about, um, but I'm not afraid. So I, I'm sorry if I, I made you afraid. Well, I don't think you, you made him afraid. Well, it, it sounds like the knowledge made him, may have made him afraid. So I apologize. No, I'm I'm pretty sure he you know he uh, knows everything there is to know about uh, COVID. Another one uh, email similar. This one has to do with uh, commercials. Says I just love the vaccines for kids commercials. I see how it works. You guys first promote the fear on behalf of the government. The government <laughs> then pays you to promote. There we are getting paid again. Where when am I going to get this check? Pays you to promote the vaccine. Our kids, who would barely notice if they caught the virus, then get shot, boosted, and rejabbed, then fall sick of myocarditis. Maybe they're myocarditis, they're, rather. Maybe they're compiling it for like you know, a retirement bonus. Maybe, or one of the other nine pages of adverse effects the CDC put out, and their medical and pharmaceutical industries make big bucks, failing to remedy a situation that need not have happened in the first place. Here's an idea. Nobody's forcing you to get your kids vaccinated. No. You don't have to. As we have told you for the last two and a half years, I can't believe we're going to, having to go down this rabbit hole again. 
Here's that my. Here's, if you don't want to get vaccinated, if you don't want your kids um, va- vaccinated, don't. Here's my honest advice on on what you should do, uh, whatever you see fit. Talk to your doctor. I don't care. If you're fair, if you're afeard, go ahead and be afeard. If you're not, don't be afeard. Yeah. All, it's all up to you. It's a free country. You know, treat it or don't or you know whatever you want to do. I would like to think that I have that kind of control, but I really, really don't. Um, this is a uh, text message in at 208-336-3700. This was a discussion that Nate Shulman had uh, on Friday on his show. Um, I've heard rumors about this. Um, I don't don't have kids in school anymore, so I don't know if this is is going on. Um, But this is from a substitute teacher, and they say, I am a substitute teacher in many districts across the Treasure Valley. I work every single day of the week, subbing in everything from elementary to high school. And I can guarantee you that this thing called furries are in every school in every grade. It is up to the administration. Some are more tolerant and are afraid of the parents. This is actual garbage. Now, if you were wondering what a furry is, you did not hear the Nate Shellman Show, or maybe you have not seen the news stories across the United States of school districts that are having to deal with furries and the furry phenomenon. By the way, furries have been around a very long time. But this is the first that I'm hearing that, it, that it's in our schools. Take, take a listen to this. The government you elect is the government you deserve, said Thomas Jefferson. And in Nebraska, that has created a genuinely scary situation, especially for the 430 people from Brainerd, Nebraska. That's 60 miles due west of Omaha. They are represented by Bruce Bostelman, a conservative Republican who evidently is quite concerned about what's happening in the schools out there and took to the floor of the Nebraska Senate to let the world know. It's called something called furries. If you don't know what furries are, it's where school children dress up as animals, cats or dogs, during the school day. They meow and they bark, and they interact with their school, with the teachers and that in this fashion. And now schools are wanting to put litter boxes in the schools for these children to use. How is this sanitary? He certainly seems serious. We checked. This is not an April Fool's joke. Furries actually are a real thing. They are people who dress up as dogs and cats and every other kind of animal, and God bless them. They are not, however, taking over Nebraska schools and demanding litter boxes. And this wasn't just an offhanded comment at a campaign event. The good senator said it during a debate on the floor about a bill trying to help kids with behavior problems. So we had critical race theory. Now are we going to have uh, bills that won't allow kids to dress up? <laughs> I think we're going to have critical race furry. Um, the, uh, there was a news story correct, out a correct, few weeks ago. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, furry is mostly an adult thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I I've seen it. I thought it was, yeah. I've seen, I've seen it on some documentary show or something, but uh, I don't know. It but is it is a real it, thing, but it, it it's if you in uh, adults it's kind of a, a sexual uh-huh thing. If you if you um I, I don't know, if it surprises you that it's in the, the high schools, I would say that uh you must not have been around teenagers ever because it is exactly like them to do something that will annoy everyone. 
So my question is this. I mean, we just you, we just heard that a text message says, I'm a substitute teacher in many districts across Treasure Valley. I work every single day of the week subbing in everything from elementary to high school. I guarantee that furries are in every school and every grade. It's really up to the administration. Some are more tolerant and aren't afraid of parents. It's actual garbage. So if you are a parent or a teacher and listening this morning, is this something that we're dealing with in our schools? I mean, I haven't heard this, but like I said, I don't have kids in school anymore. Counting kindergarten, I went through 13 years with a dress code. We, we were sent home if we had shorts on. So they wouldn't have allowed you to dress up as, you know, a squirrel or a kitty mm-hmm. cat or a dog? Not unless uh, we were getting ready for a pep assembly. Now, I know that that story right there was out in Nebraska. Um, there is a school close here to the uh, Idaho-Utah border. We're going to take a break on this. Um, I'll tell you what the principal of Skyview High School near the Idaho-Utah border says about uh, furries in their school because there was a rumor that was running rampant on social media that supposedly the school administration had set up litter boxes in the bathrooms to accommodate students who supposedly self-identified as cats in this school. We'll do that when we come back here on News Talk KBOI. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Calling all parents and teachers of kids in schools across the Treasure Valley. Is there a furry problem? Do we need uh, an exterminator? I I just, I, I have a hard time believing this that uh we have but we like i said we had the substitute teachers said that this is going on in all the schools across treasure valley our kids showing up dressed as as critters in in our schools i wonder how many it is per school principal of skyview high school near the idaho utah border says that there is no truth to the rumor that his school has placed litter boxes in bathrooms to accommodate Students who supposedly self-identified as cats in that school. So apparently the rumor started, um, this is a rumor that there were furries going on in this school. And Skyview School, this is not the Skyview here in the Treasure Valley. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Skyview right across the border, Idaho, uh, Smith- Utah border. Smithfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, the story appears to have some staying power. It surfaced in January on a Facebook page devoted to community conversations and comments that included and mentioned how the rumors had been debunked in the Midwest. Well, just a few weeks ago, um, it was still going on around the Cache Valley, which is where the school is located. The video um, shows that was shared shows an actual Skyview student in a cat costume, according to the principal. But the uh, principal said that that actual video of that kid wearing the cat costume was worn on one of the school's spirit days early in the semester when all students were invited to dress up any way they wanted to, not just a student showing up on just a regular like I, day. Like I said, if if we're doing it for a pep assembly, that's one thing. Yeah. So uh, the principal said there's no truth. They, there are not furries, even though the community is up in arms about furries showing up and somebody claimed that um, that the school administration had put in litter boxes for the students who identified as furries, whether it be cats. I guess cats would be the only ones that would use a litter box, right? Uh, ideally, yeah. But, there, I mean, there's a school that this, even though it was going around, social media, completely debunked by the school. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm just curious as to here, because I, I mean, I have heard rumors um, here from people saying, oh, yeah, they heard it's true, but I've never talked to any teacher, never talked to any parent who has a kid who dresses up like it every day or just occasionally goes into school dressed up as a cat or a horse or a mouse or, or something ju- that that goes beyond the scope of a spirit day or a dress up day or Halloween right. or something like that. I mean, if you if your if your team is the Wildcats or the Bulldogs, I, I I I can see where a few of you might have a costume on. Yeah, I get that. But like I said, if you're a teacher or a parent, is this going on in schools here in the Treasure Valley? Because I have a hard time believing it unless I actually talk to one in person. Because as of right now, I've only heard people go, "Oh yeah, I've heard this is going on." Well, yeah, true. I mean, an actual teacher or a student or something would have to verify that. I suppose. Yeah. Um, Barbara writes in, and once again, here, here's another person, Barbara, uh, thank you for the email, um, said she visited with an Ampa High teacher yesterday, and she says there are none of the furries there. All right, okay, so okay, Nampa, Nampa High School, you can count, sounds like you can count out Nampa High School, so if you're hearing on social media, oh, there's even furries though, in Nampa High School. Even no. though they are the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um... 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Fran and McCall writes, why can't people just have fun with this? Have the kid. Well, that is a, kid, a possibility, yeah. Give a little meow talk. Everyone has a good laugh. The teacher grades kitty paper just like every other kid. Put a little fun into it instead of freaking out as Tell if it's him, going to be hey, the end you, of the world. If you misbehave, I'm going to call your pa. <laughs> uh, however, I, I don't think we need to have litter boxes. But once again, I don't think that's happening. I think that that's... A rumor, and then it gets picked up on social media, and it makes it sound like, oh, my God, there are schools that are actually putting litter boxes in for kids who identify as cats. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going on. Like I said, I'm not going to believe it until I talk to an actual teacher myself mm-hmm. or a parent that says, oh, no, my kids dress up like this every day and go to school dressed as a squirrel. That's, that's nuts. Now, our producer... He went to school in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Don't encourage him, Nathaniel. <laughs> Don't in, do not encourage that type of behavior. Now, Nathaniel said he went to a school in, in Salem. I won't mention the name of the school, but you had furries in, in the school even, and you graduated, what, six, seven, six, seven years ago? 2014. 2014, and you said that they were dressing up. On a regular basis, not just for spirit days, not just for Halloween or anything like that. They would dress up and... Not on like a regular basis, because uh, you can't just like wear a mascot costume around school all the time. But uh, on days that were not spirit days that had nothing to do with anything, occasionally we would see uh, one or two and uh, yeah. No expulsions? Uh, what's, what's expulsory about wearing a costume? Well, I mean, it, it, did you have any kind of a dress code where you yeah, guys were allowed to wear? Oh, no, we to, didn't really. That sh- would be a good reason to have a dress shorts code. Shorts and tights and, yeah. you know. Our dress code was, whatever. hey, don't be, like, too graphically extreme. There we go. And a mascot costume did not really fit into the mm-hmm. graphically extreme category. Brad writes in, Mike, at KBUI.com, uh, Centennial High School has a group of furries. See, now I had kids that went to Centennial, so I don't know if this is new. Someone needs to smack these little blanks back into reality. I'm serious. I get the feeling that won't do it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, never mind. Uh, this comes from uh, Marcy. 
or Marcia, rather. Never mind the costumes. I'm waiting for the day that adults and their little kids, not teens probably, demand the right to go naked, just like the animals. Why should we humans have to wear clothes after all? By the way, I do not consider us to be animals because we are made in the image of God. But anyone who believes in evolution does say that we are uh, just named apes, etc. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see. Fur- I mean, you may see furries, but at least you're covered up. You know, be allowed to be naked? No, I don't think we're going to ever see well, that. Well, nudists have asked for that. Then it, they've always been voted down. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wires. We'll take a break. Uh, coming up after news, Idaho Supreme Court on Friday stayed the new abortion law, preventing it from taking effect on April twenty second. We'll talk about that on the way. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 934, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Asper. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. You can text us. Same number is our main number. Uh, Brian writes in, says, I was listening to your news this morning. heard that the courts are discussing the Idaho abortion laws again. I find it interesting that we are on a planet that protects rivers and forests by representation, but not a child with a heartbeat. I'm sending a story of forest protection also. Uh, kind of makes you wonder, huh? I enjoy your show. Thanks, guys. Brian. Interesting comparison, not one I've heard before. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Roseanne <clears throat> has written in. And says, in a recent mailing, Priscilla Giddings states she won the coveted Top Gun Award, yet that is Navy, and she was in the Air Force. I am hoping your military listeners can shed some light on that statement. Hmm. I don't know anything about it, whether there's a Top Gun in the the Air Force or not. Uh, I would probably take her word for it, because that's something that can easily be looked up. So why would somebody falsify that? And I I hadn't even heard this either. Uh, by the way, uh, in case you had not heard, the Idaho Supreme Court has stayed SB 1309. That was the Texas-style abortion bill signed into law by Governor Brad Little last month. The law was supposed to take effect uh, here April 22nd, but that motion will prevent it from going into effect to give the court more time to review the law, according to a press release by the Planned Parenthood Great Northwest. The law would make abortion illegal after six weeks of pregnancy. As previously reported, it would also allow family members of abortion patients to sue abortion providers and collect a minimum sum of $20,000. Idaho was the first state to pass a law modeled after the Texas bill, which was signed into law last year, if you remember right. When Little signed the law, uh, he also questioned the law's constitutionality saying deputizing private citizens to levy hefty monetary fines on the uh, exercise of a uh, disfavored but judicially recognized constitutional right for the purpose of evading court review undermines our constitutional form of government and weakens our collective liberties, Little wrote. He said that he worried that some states might use the same approach to limit gun rights, which we have already seen some states trying to do. This isn't one of them. This isn't one of them yet, but you can see the possibilities there, right? Sure. Now, granted, just because states would try to do that here in Idaho, which is a very red state, you're you're not, you know, and and really in favor of gun rights. It's not going to happen in places like Idaho, but you could see this being used in yeah. California, I, I Oregon, sort of, Washington. I, I, I sort of feel like in Idaho, if they put it to a public vote, the public would still vote to keep them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, but those states that are run by those blue states run by, you know, Democrats, you, you could see the same rule of law mm-hmm. trying to do this and, and, and circumvent getting around owning guns by saying, no, you can still own guns, but the people that sell them, um, family members can, can sue the people who are selling the guns, but you can still own them. Meaning that you would you would all of a sudden yeah. have to go out of state to purchase your your guns, but you can still own them. But you can still own them, which is similar to what's going on with the abortion laws. You here in Idaho, the abortion law that that law you can still have an abortion. You remember when Oregon first decriminalized marijuana before they made it legal? Uh, the law there was you can't purchase it, you can't grow it, but you can have it. You can have it. You know. So I guess if you good luck driving to California or Washington, you'll get it. If you find it on the sidewalk, it's yours. (laughs) Where where did you get your weed? It was the weirdest thing. I was walking downtown and here was this big Tupperware thing just full of weed. It was in front of Sears. (laughs) Uh, Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, Yes. uh, Well, when when that Texas law first came out, I said that it could be used for everything, and, and Casper, you disagreed with me on it. But the thing about it is, when you start using civil law to enforce criminal law, you lose your Fifth Amendment rights because uh, you don't have Fifth Amendment rights under uh, civil law. In a civil court, yeah, yeah, in a civil court. So I mean, I mean, this is—I uh, can't believe that anybody because they, they, you could use that for everything from DUIs to traffic tickets. We could uh, avoid courts, you know, except civil courts, and and also in a criminal court, if you're accused of something and you don't have money, they have to provide you with an attorney. True. They don't have to do that in civil court. <laughs> That's true. Also, I mean, this is—you know—this is just. This is just not, I mean, I, we were talking about Idaho is supposed to be a state of freedoms and stuff. And remember years ago when Republicans were real big on, uh, re, on uh, you know, ridiculous lawsuits and, and things like that. But this, I, I, I can't believe this hasn't been shut down by the courts because it, it can be used, yet, like, you know, guns, mm-hmm. easy, it can be used for, it can be, it's, but, you know. It's true, you can say that technically used. something is perfectly legal. But if you do it, you will be sued, and you will also lose. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's I, it's just I mean, this is we're getting so ridiculous in this state. All of our people running for governor are going to stop critical race theory. Well, they haven't found it anywhere in any schools except for colleges. But they're they're voting to ban it, you know. And now and now they're going to now they're going to want to ban costumes for kids wearing to school it's it's just getting ridiculous and i i hope the idaho supreme court uh, and the supreme court say you can't do that because i mean it'll open you up for lawsuits for just everything you know some you know it well you just get really carried away it also might not make a difference depending on what the supreme court does this year we're expecting a decision in the supreme court with that mississippi case that could highly curtail Roe versus Wade. It could overturn Roe versus Wade or but it could do nothing. So um I, I don't know if they're gonna wait for this well, to this stay until well, waiting till the Supreme Court because then when the Supreme Court comes out with whatever they say, then it, it might not matter. Yeah, the, this I mean this this 
you know, they could make it so each individual state could make their own laws. But they would have to be prosecuted criminally, and they're going to have to prosecute the women who get abortions, too. But is there any doubt Uh, in your mind that here in Idaho, if Roe versus Wade goes away, abortion is not going to be legal legal in Idaho? Do you you doubt that? I'm pretty certain that that'll happen yeah, here. Yeah, and I now uh, there are going to be states where you can still do it. Like I said, if they make it, you know, go to the states, California, Oregon, Washington, I almost guarantee that they're going to still allow it. But um, there are states you can ar- already pick out right now and say, no, these states will, the legislature will immediately, as soon as possible, if not sooner, uh, disallow it. But like I said, we have to wait till the Supreme Court comes up with their ruling later this year. Something could change, or it could be they, the Supreme Court could come back. I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh no, we've we've got more Republicans than Democrats on the Supreme Court." So um, this is this is going to change this year. There there is nothing for certain on this because Supreme Court justices once again are not supposed to be partisan. They're, they're just because you know they may be a Democrat or they may be a Republican, mm-hmm. they're still supposed to rule. However, on they, law, they are still human. Yes. So, but what I'm saying they, is, it people that are counting on this being overturned just based on this Mississippi case um, could be in for a surprise. Um, there, I, there's no way of knowing what the Supreme Court is going to do when this ruling finally does come out. Yeah, that that'll only affect Idaho. But this civil law thing, if they if they rule, if the if the Supreme Court doesn't overturn this uh, this civil lawsuit thing, then it's just like Brad Little said. It could be it could be used for everything because it's it's far easier to get a verdict in civil cases you because you don't you don't have the certain constitutional rights and stuff like that and it, and and I I I think I think the Supreme Court will overturn that penalty part on it just just because you lose your Fifth Amendment rights and well it and is interesting because attorney. this has gone to court in in Texas and they lost in Texas. So I don't know what will happen here. This is just a stay um, so that they can do some more um, investigating on it before um, they actually go to court and it starts to get affected. And like I said, it's interesting to note that our law is based similarly on the Texas law. And the Texas law, they have not won in court as of yet. All the court cases um, have been upheld. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I just don't think the Supreme Court will uphold that part of it. Yeah, hard to say. Like chaos. I said, like I said, hard to say. Not being a Supreme Court justice. Thanks for the call, uh, Patrick and Caldwell. Oh, we lost Patrick. Sorry about that, Patrick. Apparently, he uh, either dro- had the call was either dropped or we ended up losing. Got an instant message from Doug who said, uh, "Good morning, Chris. You had a good idea about changing the locks on the International Space Station, and further <laughs> thinking on that." How about rewiring the ISS so that nothing is in Russian? And if they come up, set alarms when they go up there. That would take an awful lot of doing. First of all, it's floating around in space, so to rewire it would probably be somewhat inconvenient. But mm-hmm. also, I don't think we've ever actually been up there without Russians. And if you, in fact, if you go to the International Space Station, even if you're a tourist, they uh, insist that everyone speak two languages, English and Russian. Yeah. And here, here's the other thing. I mean, you don't, first of all, you don't have to worry about somebody breaking into it because, you, as we heard this morning, it cost $55 million to get on the uh, Axios or Axiom uh, space 
yeah. rocket and that for, just went up on Saturday. And, and for, if you pay that, you really ought to have your own key. <laughs> you would think. Um, and, and keep in mind that Russia does not own this thing. And I don't think once Russia says, hey, we're not going to be a part of this anymore, then they're not going to be sending up people anymore anyway. Because they are well, saying they the we are we are not going to be a part of the International Space Station, even though right now it's three different countries that are you know putting the money behind it, putting it up, keeping it up, and sending astronauts up to it. They will have to change the name then, and it'll be the non-International Space Station. <laughs> I think it still still could be the International Space Station, um, but you can just call it the ISS, and then uh, Russia in a big circle with the cross through it. 946, we'll take a break. If you're on the phone, uh, Patrick, don't go anywhere. I promise we'll get to you coming up here next. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please tell me that this is a joke email. Uh, Erica writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. Yes, there are furries at Centennial. The group has dwindled in size because of the relentless staring and laughing that they get. I'm astounded. Gee, no, no kidding? Yeah, I'm astounded this redneck state does not accept people who identify as a fur creature. Where I come from in Jackson, California, everyone was very accepting of furry lifestyle. Idaho, can you please do better? It's not a freak show to dress up like a squirrel. And and yet it kind of is, you know? <laughs> well, you do in the privacy of your own home. If you want to dress up as a squirrel, go ahead. It's a little bit of a freak when, show if you show up at work dressed as a squirrel or at school dressed as a squirrel. When I was in school, they could kick us out for various things that we were wearing if they they figured that we were trying to attract attention to ourselves and uh, that it would take away from the regular schoolwork we weren't so allowed so basically if, if you showed up you know dressed like a pirate they would tell you to go take off your pirate stuff and, we weren't allowed to wear t-shirts that had beer on it like no, we a Coors t-shirt we or a, or a Pepsi hat or something like that any I advertising got expelled because he had a t-shirt that said i must be a mushroom because they keep me in the dark and feed me you yeah. know you know mm. uh, yeah patrick caldwell thanks for being patient good morning you're on news talk kboi Hey, no problem, guys. Um, so Priscilla Giddings and the whole Top Gun thing, mm-hmm. she didn't win Top Gun, nor she, did she claim she won Top Gun. Mm. She was awarded the Top Gun uh, rank by the Air Force for precision, uh, excuse me, weapon employment precision. Good. Got it. I figured it was probably true if she was, if she was claiming it. The Air Force it. has their own kind of version of top gun called mm-hmm. red flag but it's it's different um but she didn't even claim she won that she was just awarded top gun as a, a ranking i suppose if you want to call it that the title yeah good and it's you said the top gun is is more of a shooting award no it was for aerial precision bombing in an a10 okay got it see now that makes more sense i hadn't heard either story so um, it was all news to me anyway. Yeah, appreciate. Hey, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm thank glad you somebody for clearing could, that up. Could clear that up. I, I, I no you know, I, I knew that. Yeah, it was only the Navy that that went to like Top Gun school in in San Diego, but I didn't know what the Air Force did that they called Top Gun. Which, by the way, um, that movie is supposed to be coming out here in the next uh, Top month Gun, and a half. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it's only three years late. It was supposed to come out like I think in 2019 or 2020 I'm gonna, something. I'm like going to wait till you see it because. Uh, 
normally I hate sequels. <laughs> uh, this one looks pretty good. I have to admit, it does it does look pretty good. Now, I could be completely disappointed. Who knows? Uh, by the way, I did uh, see, you'd, you'd already seen it. We talked about this. Uh, my wife and I did finally watch Coda. Oh, the one best over picture. Weekend. Yeah. My, maybe one yeah, of my... Nobody knows that one best picture because that was not the top story at the uh, no. <laughs> the Academy Awards. It was buried. However, it did win best picture. The uh, male actor in it, um, who played the father, won best supporting actor. Um, and I will say it's probably the best movie I've seen in the last year Easily by far. Cool. It, it was a fantastic movie. So I, I liked it. You have a chance to see it. Um, it's Coda. The uh, unfortunate thing is you're probably going to have to pay for it on streaming unless you already are streaming um, Apple TV. Oh, yeah. Because that's, it's it's streaming and, for and free we, on Apple and TV. And we already are. That's why yeah, we saw Yeah, same it. here. Yeah. That's, a, that's why I was able to see it. But Coda was, was very, very good. Uh, BSU fan writes, our family went to the spring game this last weekend. It was fun to be back on the blue. There was some tailgating, uh, a little drinking in the stands, a lot of excited kids. T-Dog was fun to watch. The defense was impressive, and they're having a blast, dancing, celebrating. Skinner was on fire. Kid has skills. Offense, well, I hope they really were holding back a lot because they were very frustrating. Mm. Three quarterbacks and maybe two to three explosive plays came out less hopeful than when we were going in. I like to pretend it's just because we have such a great defense. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> there is a possibility, and the defense's goal. I I, I read a, a thing uh, over the weekend after the game. The defense's goal, they even say, is we want to be the de- best defense this offense plays against all year. We want to make sure that when they play some other team, well, let's hope they achieve that, that. That they're competing against that it's not near as difficult to play against them as it is us, which is a, a great plan. And, man, based on some of the – J.L. Skinner, I think, is probably going to be in the NFL next year. And at least, you know, both of those safeties could possibly be NFL picks next year. We'll, we'll we see after this season. Go but, back to being DBU again. Yeah. That's about it for uh, us today. We'll be on a 20-hour break. Uh, we'll be back again coming up here tomorrow morning. Don't forget all this week, uh, it's La Peep week. We've got La Peep gift certificates to give away. We have La Peep's Wheat Deal of the Week, and we'll be broadcasting live from La Peep coming up uh, this coming Friday morning.